My name is Scott Collins, and I am honored and privileged to be in session at Jackrabbit Soundcheck. Christmas vacation, Christmas vacation, Christmas vacation. Welcome, Scott. Welcome in, buddy. You yeah, uh, put on a hell of a show for us today. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. That was so much fun. I'm glad you so had a good comfortable. time. Yeah, the vibe was incredibly rad. That was awesome. Well, good. I'm I'm glad we were able to make it chill for you and, and cool. relax. That's yeah. good. I'm I'm happy. So, how did you get started playing music, Scott? Uh, professionally, I got started dropping out of grad school. Really, I uh, I was studying uh, psychology at SMU in Dallas. I was in grad school, and I was just kind of set on this path ever since college. You know, I was studying psychology in high school, college, and just on this path. But it hit me that I couldn't really dedicate the full of myself to psychology at that time. Um, so it just a lot of things happened in my life that hit this uh, epiphany, this eye-opening moment to where I really wanted to dedicate my life to music and I just somehow got hit with the bravery to say y'all I'm dropping out of grad school and I'm gonna dive into music and I've been you know playing and tinkering my entire life but at that pivotal moment I decided to go professional which was how how long ago was that 
That was probably eight years ago. I mean, give or take a couple. Right. You know, okay. But uh, yeah, about eight years, eight, nine, ten years ago. And who are your influences? Who inspires you? Songwriters, musicians, bands. I mean, like, what did you grow up listening to? What's your inspiration? Uh, a lot of my influences growing up, um, or my whole life, have been kind of a product of environment and what's around me. So growing up, classic rock was a huge influence just because my uh, father and my brother played it constantly. And a lot of that will show in my uh, earlier career EPs, my rock and roll EPs that I did with like Frenchie at the Bubble. Uh, there was Agnes and then Sleeper. There's huge um, like The Who, Pete Townsend, big 10cc harmonies, like all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, the earlier classic rock stuff, but then growing up through my teenage and then high school years, just really into, you know, hard rock and emo and screamo, just that type of guy. And I couldn't skateboard, so I'd play guitar. So I listened to a lot of that kind of stuff. But even before that, I was playing basketball um, out in L.A., Compton, Watts, uh, Inglewood, uh, with uh, an AAU traveling team, and we would listen to nothing but rap and hip-hop. And so I was, uh, was really introduced to that scene, and, and it was awesome. So I've kind of been all over the map. When I first moved here from Chicago to Texas, of course, immediately was country. Get Just get the biggest box and fill it with every cool you know strawberry wine cds you could uh -huh. which I, man i love that but anyway uh i still want to cover strawberry wine yeah influences luckily have been very eclectic you know well they're there so listening to some of the songs you have up on reverb nation there are even some songs in there that remind me a little bit of um 90s alternative grunge type stuff like but more of the and and I mean this in the best way possible, but almost more of the the poppier kind of stuff. You know, things uh, there there was a song in there that reminded me of a mix of like Third Eye Blind, Eve Six kind of stuff that was mixed in there. Which I love those bands. You know, me what I mean? too. Right. And I didn't notice that was a part of my. I need to. Pay, I luckily am paying more attention to myself now. But yeah, like working with Frenchie, he pointed out how similar to Rob Thomas a right. lot of my writing is, and a lot mm -hmm. of these nineties elements that growing up in the 90s I didn't really think about and then growing up in Chicago a little bit and then coming to Austin and then the 90s yeah it's cool seeing all that now come out in the music right it just kind of ingrains itself into you exactly right. and then great ear I totally forgot about that the whole kind of 90s thing that just especially yeah. my earlier suicide pistols writing if you can sneak and find that EP it's it's on iTunes and yeah. everything else but yeah that's cool um and you talked about how a lot of like filmmaking and stuff influences your songwriting and stuff. And oddly enough, I, I actually am able to pick that up just from your storytelling. Um, because me personally, from a production standpoint, I, I, I go back a lot to, to filmmaking and the way things are presented and the way, you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. When you're recording music and you, you're, you're telling a story more than anything else and there's a, a great way to present that type of story. You know what I mean? And I think filmmaking for whatever reason, I don't know how, you know, is, film with the music, I think makes half of the movie. You know what I mean? You take yeah, the, the soundtrack out and it's just, it's, it's not the same as it was, but you know, and you can do that with music as well. And especially getting your artists to, to perform that way or thinking about, you know, well, maybe we can add in this instrument or we can add in this, you know, Part to the arrangement to help tell the story better and so i'm able to actually pick that up because that's the way i think that's the way my brain works i'm not articulating it well enough no i but. think you are perfectly i mean i always see a producer as like a director of a film 
So, it's, right. you know, there's the engineer, there's the actors, there are all these, and then a producer, the, you know, the director of the film has to direct the whole, I, I, you know, basically be a director. So I absolutely understand, agree. And I, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, from the songs that we've heard tonight, you, you've got a, a great storytelling ability. And I think a lot of the stuff that you played for us tonight, some of your newer things, which you guys will hear later on in the podcast, um, harken back to a lot of the things that my dad used to listen to. You know what I mean? Like, I can't think of bands. I'm, I'm not the guy who's good with, with naming bands or songs. You know what Me I mean? Either. But I, I, I know the, the feeling that those, that stuff gives. And that's yeah, just absolutely. the way I'm able to talk to the artists. Um, but this stuff, I know, I, I love it because it reminds me of whenever I was growing up and my dad playing guitar in the living room, playing songs that he, know, he knew and loved and liked to play. So I know he's going to love a lot of these songs as well. Cool. Yeah. Right on, man. So awesome. I, I appreciate that. And talking about uh, great songwriters and, you know, who inspires you, you told me last night at your show that you had played before Ryan Bingham, which is huge. Uh, how was that? Yeah, and it was uh well technically after you know whatever, but it was it was, it was at Stubbs. Yeah, it was one of those wonderful uh you know you get to play after one of your favorite bands. Everyone comes in. It was awesome. Yeah, that was a huge, especially because at that time I was playing with the uh, the Suicide Pistols, this country punk band. Very sweaty, like jump into the audience. Like we played Red Seven Inside, and I got really bloody, and no one was there, but. So, and I used that at a reference at that show when we were nervous. It's like, it's Red 7 inside, guys. Like, mm -hmm. it's just play like your heart's on, you know, whatever. Anyway, but playing, watching Ryan Bingham and then above that crowd, it's stuff like that is very inspiring to me. It's just, it becomes such a teaching and a learning lesson. Whatever, the same thing. So, yeah, I, I would learn a lot. I mean, and, speaking about a, a, an artist that does do amazing Songwriting, telling stories, and then his film, his videos are always yeah. really, you know, done well. And, oh yeah. And you take an artist that has good storytelling, you put it with you know good producer, somebody that helps with the video, and then you know you have a real nice uh, full package. Full yeah. package. No, I agree. I can't. That's another side subject. I cannot wait to put out some music videos. I'll be. I'll tell y'all as you said. Some new music coming out. I've got some new music coming out, and I'm, the ideas for the videos are. I love having a little bit of humor, like Wes Anderson, just subtle any humor. Um, but just yeah, uh, Ryan Bingham is definitely an influence, and I look at people of how they play too. Like because I'm a solo singer songwriter, and then I love to watch how someone can completely captivate an audience. Two other quick influences to like who I am and where I am now, and trying to grow and be the best that I could be. I played. I was lucky enough to play in front of um, Willie Watson from Old Crow Medicine Show. Uh, a late Old Crow Medicine show. He's not with them anymore. Helped write Wagon Wheel, but I opened for him at Stubbs in front of like basically a sold out audience inside, and to be able to watch him and we did the same thing, just harmonica, acoustic guitar, and vocal, and it's just me and then him and his stage presence. Now he handled it. Um, I got to open for Possessed by Paul James. We had a sold out show at Cactus Cafe. We did with the Penny Loafer PR, but to watch him. Basically, watch all these people and just learn and soak it in is, to me, uh, a really good way to have influences as opposed to uh, there is a great way to just be inspired by someone's songwriting and their song and learn it verbatim and all that. That's great. I've been a sponge my well, life. You, you, just you mentioned Penny Loafer PR. So yeah. uh, the band that we just did, Chell Russell, 
for episode one. Mm-hmm. They they've been working with them and they've sort of you know seemed interested in sending some bands their way. And you've been working with them for a while, and you said C three as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, Penny Loafer. Uh, I love them, and I've been through a lot in this business, so I've learned to work with people that you trust. And for me, it's like I work with people that I consider family or it could become family, you know. Uh, and then it helps me work harder because then I'm working for the family and we're all working together. But Penny Loafer came from Australia, set up base in um, New Orleans, and then wanted to come to Austin. And so they, I was the first person they hit up. They were wanting to put on a show at Swan Dive. And they hit me up. And they're like, you know, can you help us put on a show? We see uh, you out there doing stuff. And so I pulled in the Continuums from back in the day. We used to play with them. Great band. They're still playing. Love those dudes crazy little guys but uh um anyway yeah so penny loafer and i i helped them put on that show and then we kept working together because they came into town i took them out to our studio in my house and we hung out and just uh yeah started putting on more and more shows and bigger shows because i love to start big and when i put on a show and then work your way down you know start with your dream who do you want gary clark jr email them and then work your way down it's an interesting way to, to work it i mean it's i mean it's wonderful we're right. all at the same party you know the key in my opinion as a metaphor we're all at the same party just be cool with the room you're in know that if you hang out you may get to go to that next room but like you know you can always talk to people so yeah you can wave right. at gary and be like do you want to play I'm like no i can't I'm like that's <laughs> fine <laughs> But anyway, so uh, Penny Loafer, we just we had a good relationship for him, and then we started just putting on more and more shows, and I, you know, helped introduce them to a lot of people, and they helped me get some great exposure through the gigs and some great bands. We've, you know, so yeah. Well, you you were telling me last night how you're. I mean, I got the idea that you're running a very grassroots sort of business, and you said you've worked with managers in the past, but now you're, you know, pretty much doing it all from your cell phone, which you can kind of do now that with modern technology. And, you know, that's that's pretty awesome that you're just running everything, you know, now that you can do that with yeah, a computer crazy. in your pocket. Now. Right. Well, it's whenever I, I contacted you about coming in for the show, you told me you were in the middle of the desert on your way home. from Yeah, from Moab, from, from, Utah, right. Utah, yeah. Yeah, so um, kind of going into that, I mean, I that struck me as being strange, I guess. Just, you know, yeah, I'm on my way home and I'm in the middle of the desert, but, you know, you're still contacting me, A. Yeah. But, um be touring how many different places have you been because you've been talking to us about opening up at, at these awesome places for so many awesome bands and and just you know you've been you started your your songwriting slash music career you said eight or nine years ago mm-hmm. so how many different places have you been to it and, and toured and what's that experience been like for you yeah for sure i uh when i first started in Dallas, when I dropped out of grad school in Dallas, I started, uh, you know, I got a job at Urban Outfitters and hanging out with tattooers. As you can see, I am heavily tattooed. Yes, and you are. On, yeah. <laughs> I uh, dipped, as we call it, in, in the crew. But uh, anyway, I started hanging out with tattooers and working at Urban Outfitters. And then, you know, talked to a guy, a friend of mine. I was like, you know, I play guitar because I've been playing my whole life. And every... Every experience I've been through, an environment I've been in, I always secretly played in the background or overtly played for people, you know. But uh, so working at Urban, hooked up with this dude. We started a band. We were calling it Cigarettes, and we were just in this tiny, tiny little like four by four room, recorded on a four track or a yeah four track tape player, mm-hmm. hung a condenser from the. I still have the tape. It's 
awesome. Oh. But anyway, yeah, I just kind of faked it. And I there was this girl, Amy Lovett, singing folk music. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm a guitar player. And mm-hmm. so I started playing guitar to some of her songs. And then I started writing my own. And that's kind of when it hit me. It's like, oh, my gosh, I could do this. Right. But I have to learn all these different elements. I could be a songwriter. So um, I successfully forgot the question. <laughs> but I know we can get right back on track because I'm right there. What's what's it like touring and and how touring? Yeah. yeah. So Where starting out, it was different. Anyway, so I I just kind of faked it and I got on this thing and I was playing with her around Dallas, Denton, Fort Worth, and that was a lot of fun. You know, a little regional touring. And then when I came back to Austin, I was playing a lot locally. And then I had the band Southbound Drive later. That was with the manager at that time, and we you know did it right. We did the South. East tour and we started to do that which unfortunately abruptly kind of ended everyone got dream jobs right after our first tour oh bass player got accepted to play with the ventures and you know he's starting a family uh the drummer is playing with roxy roca now other drummer went on to stomp on broadway and a guitar player was playing a great band called crooks you know everyone was doing well but we toured really hard and quick and it was wonderful and then it kind of ended so my touring experiences have been different and sporadic. Okay. Um, and then now bring, you know, full circle. Now I'm booking shows out of town again, and I'm just kind of using opportunities right, um, to pave the way for when I actually release my EPs uh-huh. uh, with Penny Loafer. We'll do legit touring again. I'll go with Penny Loafer and we'll hit up all these markets. But to start to pave the way again, like say family's going out of town for vacation and we can afford tickets, I'll go with and book a show or two. I've also worked with a co-writer in Nashville named Debbie Throckmorton. I'm still working with her. So to go back to Nashville, I'm just booking shows. I'm just saying, screw it. Book the show first and mm-hmm. then go. So what's uh, what's your process with that? So like, you know, for any artists who may be listening who are coming out or not sure how to go about doing this, because you do strike me, and you told me earlier, you strike me as a hustler, someone who gets out there and, and does what needs to be done for what you want to do and what you sure. love to do. Um, but, you know... It, that's something that might be daunting for any artists listening or, or someone starting out. So how do you go about doing that? Yeah, it's tough. You really just have to dive in and treat it like a job. And that was kind of the hardest thing for me to hear at the beginning, especially as a songwriter. It's like, wait a minute. Like, I already have a job. I clean nine toilets and <laughs> I work at two bars and Whole Foods. And like, I have to work now. Um, but it's odd how much the cell phone does help. Um, but yeah, you just DIY the whole thing. You just, I, I work hard. It's like, you really have to be personal and cold call people in emails. Like if you want a gig out of town, mm-hmm. make a personal email and email every single club you want to play and work from the top. As I said, work from the biggest auditorium down, at least introduce yourself. Right. You, you won't get that gig. Right, um, but at the same time, they get to see you and know who you are, and all of a sudden, there's a memory in their brain of your yeah, face. Absolutely, and then also, I'll uh, keep it as short as possible, you know, right. succinct. Like, I want this date at this. If you have it available, here's my bio. Maybe here's a pick, maybe not. But right. um, and then hit up every club you want. Like Chicago is a great example. I can't wait to go back and play the first time. But I hit up like twelve clubs, and okay. I only heard. Two yet. I still have time. It's early. Right. But I heard back from two. I accepted one. I'm playing at the Elbow Room. Um, one is this legendary club. I was so stoked to hear back from them. But it's just, I hit everybody up. 
Mm-hmm. And then patient persistence, you know, I'll just slowly give people updates. I've already asked for something. I'm not going to ask for it again. Right. So, but yeah, to, to hear back is, is really cool. It's and almost then, like, like one of those things where they say, you know, if someone gets, uh, I guess a little downtrodden because they went out and tried something and they failed, like we'll go out and fail again. You know, keep going. You're not yeah. failing. You're always working. And that's the right. job. It becomes routine. then. Right. So so and then it kind of becomes fun. You know, whenever you get kind of good at something, I just kind of a thousand times. Um, <laughs> that's OK. Yeah. No, you you know, it becomes fun. So you work the game and the hustle and you you don't want to annoy people. When I got my first like, uh, hey, we will book you, but you're bordering on harassment. <laughs> we'll email you back. And I realized I am never going to play this club unless someone books me with them. And I hear a different name. Um, <laughs> you learned. Yeah. Patient persistence. Right. Which is just, yeah, it's uh, give people updates. And it's another Uh, way to kind of form relationships. Right. You're honest. You're just, hey, guess what? Yeah, uh, you know, we are coming out with a new song. I want to send it to your way if you're blah, 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 if you already asked about the gig. And and you get it. Yeah. Right. uh, And never get discouraged because it's going to happen. Someone's going to get upset with you. You may already have the gig booked. And then be prepared to do their entire job make the poster, get the lineup, set the times. Don't forget to add a 15-minute changeover bands. <laughs> Clubs will love it if you add the 15-minute changeover. Um, you know, and so just learn those things, accept it, and uh, be patient and don't take things personal. And it is. It is. A, it's about having fun and having a good time. And as long as you're doing that that's and, you know, getting yeah. your story out there. Um, Musically, yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm really excited to hear a song. Cool, yeah. So I think we should wonderful. play a song. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott, what's the name of this song? <laughs> so this first song we were going to have a little fun with um, brought in a Christmas tune because uh, we're close to Christmas. Close enough, you know, right when we hit October. November this, 28th, yeah, yeah, right at the end of the month. Yeah, exactly. We were, we were really close. So I, I've i just always loved this song. Whenever I do covers, yeah, I, I started out always wanting to just do originals, you know, no pedals, just originals. Something will speak to me, and this kind of just popped into my head. My family loves it. I grew up on this movie. A lot of people love it, and it's just fun to do acoustic. So Mavis Staples, um, Christmas Vacation, the theme song, a little acoustic version of it. Yeah, I got to say, that's that's when you started – playing that one i wasn't i didn't know that that was the one you were gonna open us up with Um, yeah but that's that's a tradition for me every year is you know national lampoon's christmas vacation so every time i hear that song that that animated opening scene just jumps out at me right i'm really glad you brought that in (laughs) yeah and i like the end because it's almost like a sing-along too so i can't wait to play it live i've got a show coming up in december at cactus cafe uh you know so i can play that live perfect december uh 11th december 7th 7th December 7th? At Cactus Cafe, yeah. Awesome. So, okay, so we opened up with Mavis Staples' Christmas Vacation, and so now we're going to play for you guys Marigold by Scott Collins on In Session at Jackrabbit Sound Shack. Oh, 
barking like an alley dog I'll marry her in May Sell the gold Raise the mortgage on our homes And let it fall out Meet you at the roadhouse Smiling like two Cheshire cats will run away to Spain But we both know it won't go out Running from the roadhouse Rolling dice, melting ice Lost be our game Fragile folk Waves crash into the banks But they won't roll out Lighthouse hold the ships down Lighting up a cigarette She's whispering my name Hold on, let me in Oh, hold on, let me in Oh, 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 oh let me session at Jackrabbit Soundshack with local Austin singer-songwriter Scott Collins and you just heard Marigold. So Marigold, uh, it's funny, uh, I wrote that song in New York City. I was dating this girl at the time and uh, we were staying in a loft in Manhattan in New York City for a week um, and uh, just staring out a window, a rainy day, just staring out a window at the street. I wrote this song, it, you know, it came together Pretty much there, I wrote that whole Agnes record we did with Southbound Drive in 
New York, but uh, that's where it all kind of came together, the melody and the lyrics. And the lyrics are kind of a story of our relationship. You know, Marigold is kind of a pseudonym of her name, I guess, but it's a, it's a, I don't even know the right word. It's an eclectic uh, tale of our relationship. And then also the chorus is kind of, you know, a more generalized uh, reach to, you know, a broader audience. audience. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, the lyrics, it's kind of, yeah. It's, if you look deeply, each, each line, each little part is like a hidden story of our relationship. And so it's, it's a cool one that I'd like to at some point go back and dissect each one. I'm like, yeah, this was actually this, this is about an actual alley. And that was that alley and the barking dogs. And this was the gold, the, you know, the, the mortgage goes out and gold or whatever is about her ex-boyfriend who actually ran a gold shop, but it just fit with the story. You know, it just put these weird random things into the story and then made the story more like dreamlike, more like the movie. Like I use actual facts. It's like a script writer were right. to use a dog barked at a window and then like a howling beast came, you know, whatever. Well, stuff like that sets the setting and it gives the listener imagery. It, right, it, it yeah. It kind of puts them more in, in, yeah. into, the, into the song. Um, but that song, I'm informed, won a singer-songwriter award. You guys did something over, like, across the pond and, and got a whole bunch of viewership with Little that? Or what, what's the story with that? Yeah, we got to owe it all to the whistle. Is another nod to Frenchie Smith. He uh, in pre-production, I was playing that song with a harmonica, and the harmonica just exploded right as I was about to play, and I was all nervous, and everyone's staring at me. I, anyway, he goes, "Dude, just whistle." So I play, and I whistle, and immediately he's like, "Stop, stop, stop!" I'm like, oh, "Yep, I screwed it up." And he's like, "No, that is a million dollar whistle." Anyway, so we recorded that song. It became the whistle song. And so then we wanted to make a music video for it. And as we were talking about the work ethic before the DIY thing, what we did is we cold called all five of us. We broke it up into A through Z or zero through Z, every single blog on the planet, music and film blog all over the planet and sent a personal uh, email to everyone. Our bass player, Lucas Griffin, amazing guy, got uh, the smalls.com out of the UK, a film and music blog was the only one out of all of them that got huh. back to him because they loved our Kickstarter video. We did this Kickstarter video where I had the idea of having a, where are they now? Like as if, if our record didn't make it. And so like we had this makeup artist do us up all older, you know, balding and stuff. <laughs> and I'm at my mom's house and I've developed a British accent for no reason. <laughs> Guitar players doing dishes. Anyway, the, the bass players, my gardener. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so they liked it, the smalls. And so they wanted to do a new thing of music video campaign to have directors around the world compete to make a music video for us so we shot some b-roll at the texas chainsaw massacre house uh -huh. another great idea and find yeah from our bass player lucas mm -hmm. he, he we went to the texas chainsaw massacre house where it was shot the original house and we shot some b-roll footage in there sent it off to the smalls and then london um new york South Africa, which ended up being the winner all over the world, made these music videos. And uh, Luther Vanderwatt out of South Africa was the winner. He made this music video that we chose. And yeah, out of Smalls, the website, it got over 40,000 views all over Europe. And wow. then the song itself, after the band split up, I, you know, I kept playing and mm -hmm. uh, I won with the Austin Songwriters Group some awards. And um, 
so I'm still playing it and I love it and it's got its traction. It's uh, it got NASCAR picked it up for a nine week run on a oh, teaser wow. trailer for their oh. yeah back when it came out. Uh, so it's it's had a great run and it may still have a great run, but you know it's kind of like my old rock records. Right. Not old, but my EPs that I have out are these kind of time pieces, these stamps. Yeah. And so uh, I love Marigold and being able to still play it. I'm really excited about the new music, too, and see yeah. where that'll go. Well, it's a really good song. Thanks, um, and as, as you get the listeners, as, as you all will get to, to hear, that one, all of these songs coming up. So the last three for the show are going to be new songs, which we like to thank Scott for bringing in. Yeah, um, but you can tell there's definitely a bit of a difference in songwriting style. Now, every one of these songs you've brought to us, I, I love. I think they're great. Uh, Marigold's no exception, but you can definitely tell that there's a bit of a difference in, in style and time. Absolutely. And you can look at what it comes like to work with a producer. Like if I were to tell, you know, artists, like definitely work with a producer. Uh, it will help you learn so much about songwriting and your own songwriting. And even the versions that I did today, they will be different on the EPs that I'm releasing with the full bands because I forgot we changed some of the bridges. And so some of these may be like holding on, maybe the actual original way that I wrote it, it you know, but uh but yeah, the Marigold working with Frenchie, a producer worked with me on that. And mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool to hear that. And then now, yeah, these newer songs. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see where they go when you really come back to yourself right. after having the journeys that yeah. you take and then go back out on journeys and keep learning. But anyway, yeah. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the fact that you do have another sidekick that plays with you sometimes. Yeah. You want to tell us a little oh, bit about the love her? of my life, uh, <laughs> Lexi Cardenas. She's so talented, classically trained fiddle player, uh, violin, and is just amazing. Uh, and her harmonies that she also sings with me just came out of nowhere. They're mesmerizing. She's such a natural, good harmony singer. She brings that film, some cinematic element out of my music out of the songs that wasn't really there before that I've always been searching for, especially holding on. When we play that together, that's my favorite song to play with her, it becomes a film. It becomes the film that I always wanted to, you know, dreamt. So she also has a side solo thing where she does this great loop work, uh, you know, singer-songwriter stuff, and then she'll do loop pedal stuff. And I'm really into loop pedal stuff too. I have a simple setup where I'll do, you know, mouth beat and... Uh, all whatever I can do instrument around and loop pedal work. So to play with her back in my roots of singer songwriter, acoustic song, um, storytelling style type stuff, having her really adds the cinematic element. And I am really excited to see where it goes when we start adding loop pedals and all of our crazy ideas. And she's yeah, an amazing counterpart to have. And for shows, it just adds such an amazing element. Uh, sorry to be so long-winded, but I'll play solo gigs, and they are as they are. But then all of a sudden, we'll book Mohawk and Empire, these big rock clubs, because they ask us to come back when it's just, you know, the harmonies and the simple acoustic instrumentation and elements are big enough to kind of take you out of the moment for a minute. And to me, that's the most humbling thing is to allow people to be out of the moment because that's the, the reason I see of doing it is to help us all just kind of just be just like a movie just disappear for a second from everything that's happening. Right. You kind know, of can't ignore about it, but just for on. a second, be able to breathe. Right. And if a film or a music can take you out, that's cool. And she helps with that. Well, I've, awesome. I've seen some of the, uh, the videos that you guys have recorded out of, you know, other studios. Um, 
and yeah, I, I can attest to the harmonies that she brings and just what the, the violin itself brings to the music. And yeah. And we, there's multiple videos. Cause, uh, Lexi is a, uh, I actually, it's a long story. I was going to play with her like seven years ago and then even five years into that. So I was playing with Laura Poyser, Laura Schwelm Poyser from Bristol, England after, before Southbound drive, Southbound drive was a folk band. It was, um, accordion, banjo, uh, violin, guitar, stand-up bass, and all harmonies. And then all of a sudden, our guitar player showed up, Ryan Goble, who was playing it in At All Cost at the time, a metal band, and he just dragged this giant cab up the stairs and just played metal, and everyone quit, and we became a rock band. <laughs> but after Southbound Drive broke up, I started playing with Laura Poyser again, who was amazing. We did this very Damien Rice, Iron and Wine thing. Very cool. And uh, we had an amazing run together and Lexi and I had known each other the whole time. Someone tried to get us to play together. Um, but then when Laura and I kind of decided to do separate things, Lexi, it was just worked out perfect timing. She was, wasn't with her band messages anymore and she was doing a solo thing. And so we hooked up and, uh, yeah, it's been cool ever since. So a lot of the videos online are either Laura and I, and then some new stuff coming out. We'll definitely have Lexi with me on it uh there is yeah a couple and then we just did a balcony tv taping in austin that will be out or if it may already be out so that'll be a really cool way to see lexi and i kind of doing our thing gotcha awesome yeah, man. um how did how did you and lexi initially meet because throughout this story you were telling us you said that y'all already kind of known each other but how oh did... yeah like seven years ago at the beginning uh suicide pistols my first band was playing a show at antones old antones down on fifth and uh, one of the bands playing who asked us on the bill introduced me to this producer who had just opened the studio. It ended up being David Butler, who now works at uh, Matchbox with White Baker anyway. But uh, he introduced me to these guys and they were just like, you know, we like your music. We need to cut a demo. Even if you have no money, let's just do it. And it was just really cool to meet these humble humans. And then uh, so we cut a demo and that's my first EP that I actually have out after suicide pistols was me solo is the monkey EP with me with no shirt on the back with like okay. the Navy six and you can check it out online. It was fun. But, um, anyway, through them, there was Lexi, a friend of theirs, this violin player and they introduced me to her and, and just ever since then, as I told you, yeah, we never got to play together. It was until now, Up finally, until the stars align that it's like, will you play with me? And it's like, yes! Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, thank God. So the EP is the only one that's out right now? No, I have. So the Swiss, it, online, everything's out. If you Google it and search medium level, you could find basically all my stuff. But um, and on Facebook, but um, you could find the Suicide Pistols EP online. It's n it's not good. My vocals have evolved a lot, so it's really cool to listen back to that old stuff, going from sounding like a goat to an actual human. <laughs> You'll see it. You'll hear it. Sorry. You'll hear it. Yeah. Tell me when and where to go. You'll hear it. It's funny. But uh, the Suicide Pistols EP is out there, and then there was that the Scott Collins EP with uh, the monkey on the front. We did an actual photo shoot with one of those old toy monkeys, nice. and that is online. And then there was Agnes with Southbound Drive. Came after that was our band EP record, quote-unquote, that we put out. And then after that, the band split up. I did Sleeper back at the bubble with Frenchie, this big rock EP with uh, an amazing drummer, Hunt Sales, a legend, uh, Soupy Sales kid. He did oh. the Lust for Life beat the iconic lust for life on iggy pop and he actually brought in the lust for life snare on that but yeah wow. we did the sleeper ep 
there. The design was done by uh, Laura Lai Linkletter, Richard Linkletter's daughter. So to tie in the film, that was really cool to yeah. have this cinematic element even through the art. But anyway, so that was like the end kind of of doing these rock albums or these EPs. And then so now will be the new stuff that I'll be putting out, which is, you know, kind of after going back to the roots and working with Laura and working with Lexi now and being able to gig so much solo and with Lexi as this amazing counterpart that gives me the freedom of like having a band, but not having a band. It's just one other person that plugs, plays, tunes to an A and kills it. <laughs> right. Right. So you have a full record ready to go right now. Yeah, we have like the rhythm, all the rhythm minus, you know, a little overdub, whatever, and adding parts to like 11 songs. And our idea instead of releasing a full length record is to constantly have music being released. So we'll have um, like three or four EP releases every three or four months and do like three or four songs on each. And um, the first one, we're looking for early March to do the release and do three or four brand new songs. Um, and are these going to print or are these just strictly for like internet? I'll put everything online and then I do want to do limited runs of uh, CDs, you know, to give out and sell at shows and stuff. And I'd love to do T-shirts, you know, for each one. And then album art, I've got ideas. I, I wish I could say the idea I have now, but it may not even be the one, so I shouldn't. But, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of music videos for everyone. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, my mind He's just a great like artist. That. Great, yeah. Love to talk to you about that, man. <laughs> okay. You may Sweet. dig my idea, yeah. But each, working with Penny Loafers, so for each one, we'll, we'll you know, I want to tie them all together so that at the end of all these EP releases, we kind of can put it together as a compilation album. And then I will focus on vinyl. So at that, because I think vinyl is the way to go these so days. So you're thinking more smaller EPs and such. And then a record. Keep it going, stuff coming out. but Constantly. Less quantity it all at once it's not gonna be yeah. like a 12 song cd yeah and then it gives people you know they don't have to listen to too much at once they can listen to four songs and get used to them and then listen to four more songs it's a little more accessible and then go like back that. yeah or be like you know what, what, what wait remember that one they, there may be a sleeper song anyway whatever you know and it builds exactly and then uh and then it'd be cool in my idea to have them yeah reach that then release a, a vinyl you know, maybe a remastered with cool artwork that leads up. And, but as we're doing that, we're also recording at the same time. And uh, I have that blessing because I have a studio. And then also this studio here, this is beyond amazing. I will say it right now. I Thank you. immediately recommend this to any band in the United States or in the world that wants to come to Austin and record. Yeah, I thanks. You know, I, go, yeah, no worries. I can't. Wow. I, I could go plug. into the reasons, but then it really will sound like it. And you know, having my own studio, <laughs> like I love the vibe of Austin. I, we all work together. One of but, uh, one of my favorite bands actually protest the hero not too long ago. I heard they were thinking about doing something similar to what you're talking about with the EP releases. But what they were wanting to offer was a almost a subscription service to their fans where they subscribe. And then whenever Protest the Hero gets the itch to write a song, they write a song and put it out. Anybody who's subscribed gets it. So it's cool. just constantly new music throughout the year. I don't know if they ever went through that. That might have been a little more ahead of its time. You know what I mean? As yeah, an idea, but, yeah. Everything is what it is. Like you know. But that it, seems to be the way a lot of artists are thinking. Because a band that I've worked with before, they think the same way. You know, they think put out more EPs just at a more continual basis. You know, than, yeah. than one long LP. Yeah, and I dig the progressive thinking. I also love to think about like what 
would an audience like? <laughs> like right. How would they handle it? And it's as opposed to what do I want to do? I want to put out a record on a vinyl with a, the a cool, you know, I want it to go down in history or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, I really dig this idea and it really keeps the work constant. People ask me, do you write a lot? It's like, I luckily write constantly, but if I hadn't, this makes the writing, it's like you force yourself to almost be on a label schedule. Right. And you should start your own label anyway, but you could. And it also, I think, keeps it keeps it current. You know what I mean? You don't write a song. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time the LP comes out, you've already been playing that song for a year and it doesn't mean the same thing to you as it did before. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Or in 10 minutes, you know, <laughs> a songwriter, your favorite song is the newest thing you just wrote. Right. You know, and, but some of that still needs love and work. So, yeah, right. you get to release all this stuff. And, you got to keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. And no one knows it's new until they hear it. That's the secret. So uh, what, are, what are your favorite gigs that you do in town? Like, you play all over the place. I mean, do you find yourself out in a bar on a regular basis? Uh, not quite yet. I mean, I play a lot of – I play everywhere now, but I'm kind of getting used to the new Austin also, having grown up here in 24 years and then playing music for the last seven, eight years professionally in Dallas and Austin. Get, yeah, getting used to the new Austin, but I'm finding some amazing places, some amazing people – and gigs that actually pay. Uh, there's also apps that help, like GigTown, um, TipCow. There's some amazing apps. But, yeah, GigTown gets you gigs that pay at great venues. and uh, That's good to know for, for any artists. Artists, yeah, in, definitely, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I had a fun time hearing you play last night at Tellers. Yeah, I'll cool. be back at Tellers. And that's the thing, going out and saying yes to these gigs, playing open mics, saying yes to gigs, doing them, playing them can lead to stuff. So I'd love great... to get all those guys that were that played that yeah, show know, in right? there. You know, they were all great. Yeah. It was a, you know, full, and I know Dylan Tanner bands coming in, you know, at some point and, yes. you know, all those bands would be nice to have in here. But uh, moving forward, we should definitely play another one of your songs. Right? For sure. I, I agree. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and play Bones Are Buried for you guys. This is Scott Collins on In Session at Jackrabbit Soundcheck. Coming 
by Scott Collins here at Jackrabbit Soundcheck. So, Scott, talking about the types of places that you play, what are your favorite types of places to play or where, you know, what what different varieties of venues have you actually been in and, and played for? Yeah, absolutely. Like, as I said, kind of getting to know the new Austin, I'm realizing that it's really cool, uh, especially for a songwriter. And if you have a band with really good songwriting bass, you can play anywhere. I'm playing from the airport, you know, every club in the airport, all the way up to Stubbs. I've got shows coming up at Strange Brew, Cactus Cafe, Saxon Pub, Rock Clubs, as I mentioned, like Mohawk, Empire, Lambert's Downtown Barbecue. Do you um, have like a calendar set world with all the stuff oh, so yes. the fans can, can find yeah, you? Yeah, uh, well, I tell people a lot. Just type in Scott Collins music into Google. Okay. I've noticed it all pops up. But uh, all my music is on Pandora and um, Spotify and all that and iTunes. And I have a website, scottcollinsproject.com, which I'm going to update, you know, new photos and with the new EP stuff when all that's ready. The whole new campaign will be released. But website and just Google, type in Scott Collins Music. I think Reverb Nation pops up first. Um, Pandora is yeah. kind of something worth mentioning because of the way they run getting music actually onto their platform. You know what I mean? With iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, all that stuff, you can just kind of submit your stuff. And then it'll take, a, take them a little bit of time to, to review it and get it on there. But with Pandora, they've got Scouts. That go out. So as far as I'm aware, you don't actually submit your stuff to Pandora. They have people who find your music. And if, it, if it's got yeah. a, a good enough fan base, they'll bring it in. Interesting. Yeah. Oddly, oh, I cool. my cousin created Pandora, um, Eric Bishke. Yeah, oh, he was. Well, uh, okay. he, well, he. Uh, so no, it's funny. He. Uh, he was seventeen hundred uh, names. No, he like, was oh, one yeah, of the geniuses. Yeah, here's another one. Right. Well, no, he. They created the genome project. So okay. I remember back in the day, my uncle would actually call my brother and I, like when Napster was happening, and we we're burning. You know, let's call him and ask songs him. on. Well, well, that's the way it's changed. <laughs> on the air. So. No, I'm just kidding. I that's how I got on. No, uh, back in the day, my uncle would call me and be like, "Hey, he's creating my, you know, my son's creating this thing where if you like a band, it's like a radio where it'll just, you know, pick all these other bands that are like it." I was like, "That's cool," but so hmm. we would tell them the bands that we liked, and they started building this thing anyway. But uh, so Pandora, how I got started, my cousin created it. I just kind of emailed him, you know, when Southbound Drive was together and just like, hey, man. And, you know, this guy kind of hooked me up and would just kind of run it. So I, all, all my stuff is on Pandora. That's awesome. I've got a, yeah, that's you know, a Scott Collins station for sure. But now it is, I'm going to have to kind of find out. I emailed back, you know, and it's, things have moved on. So it's like, you know, please just follow our submission process. So, so I'll see again. But since I already have channels, I assume for myself, it, 
I don't know, I just submit back to my channels, but I'm not huh. sure about the scouting process. You That's know, what I remember I this told. before they I mean, went public. Well, and hopefully all you're that. still in. Hmm? You're, hopefully you'll still be in them. Well, you know, I, like I said with over. the hustle, I'm not going to give up. Right. I, it will, if, my new music will be on Pandora. Right. Well, it's just like I've looked into this stuff, you know what I mean? Like as, as a producer and a local audio engineer for, yeah. for artists that I work with, and that's kind of what I discovered is, you know, there seems to be an easy, relatively easy avenue to get into most digital distribution. But then when it comes to Pandora, it's, you know, well, hey, we'll find you if, you mm. know, you make enough of a splash. Yeah. Interesting. So, I didn't yeah. know. Anyway, I, I could Worth be the Google I, everybody. I yeah. could let's be wrong. All, yeah. Let's all research this. Yeah, Google. let's have a. Let's all come back. Uh, I'll text everybody later. I'll set up a group text. I know they're annoying, but we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> but Spotify lets anybody in. Yeah, yeah. So, what is Pandora? <laughs> so, getting back to the the venues and things that you've played, what are so? What is your number one favorite place to play in town? Do you have one? It's it's hard to say, number one. I really love the places that have that spiritual vibe that are, uh, you know, natural Austin venues, old school venues that are still here, not so a like new place. Stubbs? Uh, Stubbs is great. I love playing Stubbs. Uh, that's just, it's a really good club to really rock out at. Um, you know, but Cactus Cafe, every time I play Cactus, there's just some that's a very cool vibe that, let you know, even vibe. just playing, you lift a little bit. Um, and then in terms of Threadgills is always, you know, a fun vibe, but I really like playing those clubs back when we played Antones, uh, when Antones was on fifth, that was amazing. I had actually in school at, at UT undergrad taken a class called the history of blues and rock and roll, according to Clifford Antone. And it was the semester before he passed. And he, uh, he just basically walked up and down the stairs and just told us about rock and roll history according to himself <laughs> while the ta just sat in the corner with the biggest smile on his face just listening also with mm -hmm. tests in his hand to hand i mean it wasn't a class it was literally uh, just him telling us about actual music blues rock and roll and the history of it in austin and the world it was amazing yeah that sounds but i awesome. remember sitting there dreaming of like god i wish i could be in music like that was one of those just this is so beautiful. I'm so close I can touch it. And we all could. And so when I got to play Antones for the first time, I teared up a little bit on stage and like looked up at his picture and I was like, Thank Cliff, thank you, Cliff. And his uh shoe shine uh, gentleman was my first autograph, you know, before we went on. I signed his shirt. It was just uh so to nice. me, Austin, my favorite venues are the ones with those really cool old roots and spiritual vibes. But now getting to know so many amazing venues, Tellers, that was great. That was rad. Um, and then cool places like Seersucker, you know, corporate gigs we pick up here and there as songwriters. Yeah. I'm learning in Austin the play everywhere thing can work. You know, yeah. it isn't just Dirty Six, you know, the right. middle of Six, the east side. There's all kinds of places. And, and you're all over the place. You you play everywhere. everywhere right now. Like I said, airport, to Empire Control Room, everywhere. I play solo. I play duo uh, as a two-piece with the violin player. We tried out a, a three-piece with a drummer for the first time at Pecan Street Festival. We played this last fall, Pecan Street Festival, nice. as a three-piece, and then as the, at the North Door which was fun to try out with the great sound. And it went really well. It's fun to take these folk Americana storytelling songs and then just kind of move them up a little bit, which e with each rhythmic element being an instrument helping tell the story. And so when I release the records, I'll have a full band too. That'll be fun. I had bass, guitar, drums for a show at Saxon uh, maybe six or so months ago, and that was a lot of fun. 
Like it, when you get me with more people on stage who know what they're doing and very comfortable with the songs and I'm comfortable with everyone, like it takes everything in me not to stage dive. <laughs> I cannot wait to play our first big festival with a band and just throw the guitar down and just, or no, I'll, you know, dive. And, oh, I can't wait to go nuts. So do you prefer, so I, this is going to be a little bit of a complex question, I guess, but do you prefer playing with the band or do you prefer playing more solo? Or does it depend on, on the mood and how you're feeling and where you're at? Yeah, it's very different. It, it's context dependent. Uh, if you're playing with a band that really knows the songs, if people are really talented and you know can do it on the fly, and there's a cool vibe, that's great. If you're doing a taping, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or a live show that's really big or something, to have people tight and knowing the songs is is ideal. You know, you're more comfortable. For me, I'm more free. I uh, I'll interact more. Yes, you feel you're all you're on a free fall no matter what. For me, I jump off the plane every show. I jump off the edge and hope the parachute opens. Just it's, right. are you ready? Yeah, I have to be. You jump and you go. Right. And um, you learn as you go. And so with a band, there's other people with you and you all have to jump off and uh-huh. go. So you hope that everyone's kind of up to date. But um But then you also got more mouths to feed. Yeah, for sure. Touring and all that comes into it. But just playing itself live, yeah, there's nothing. Like better than playing with a band that's just in tune and the freedom and the fun and, and the energy. Inter- I love interacting with other people and, and you feel off their vibes. When I get to play with Lexi, that's another reason those shows are so much bigger. It's not that we make them bigger. It's just feeding off each other. Um, but then playing solo is a whole different thing because it teaches you that dynamic of, of, of letting go of that fear. I mean, Opening for Willie Watson alone at Stubbs in front of all those people, and I was actually drinking at the time, so mm. I was so hungover. I got the email <laughs> at 8.45 a.m. that morning, hey, can you open for Willie Watson at Stubbs tonight? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let me see if I even have a parachute. Right. It doesn't matter. Let's go. And then, uh, yeah, man. It's, uh well, so you you mentioned just now. You said you were actually drinking at the time. That's this is now. This is something that I think is actually kind of a cool story. And I actually just heard about this from Vance today, from him having talked to you at the show last night. Is that you are currently not drinking right now? And right. I wanted to see if you wanted to, to talk about that a little bit, just to the audience, the artists, and and why? Because I think it's it's a, a bit of a soft subject for me personally, and I, I really. Um, appreciate and admire somebody who's able to pull themselves back from something like that. And I wanted to see if you'd be able to actually um, elaborate on that a little bit. Right on. Yeah, uh, sure. I, um, it's been a lifelong struggle and I've kind of always seen it, you know, some sort of rock bottom, rock bottom has helped me see alcohol as something standing in my way, you know, right. Whatever. And so I've been kind of battling it my entire life until recently. I just, the more, um, you know, the word blessings, the more blessings came into my life, the more things started snowballing, things would work out. Alcohol would still always get in the way for myself, Mm -hmm. for anyone else. It's like if it use it until it stops working, if it works, it works. But if it stops working, don't do it. I've right. totally been down that route. So yeah, yeah. So it just I quit it for a year work. and a half, and then I'm having a beer now. But you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right. moderation. But that's I'm very happy for you. That's awesome. You know, Thanks, and I may end up doing the same thing. You know, it's like so. Yeah. That's why it's good that you're talking about it because it could be inspiration for people that 
that I've, may either be in denial about, you know, needing to take a break. Uh, I've had friends and family that I've seen hit rock bottom for, for, you know, using alcohol and among other things. And it's, it's for the people on the outside, it's, it's very difficult to watch because you feel like you care so much about this person, but there is nothing you can do, you know, except for kind they, of talk yeah, to them about it. It's, it's up to that person to, to really realize what's going on and, and, and see that. And, um, they gotta want to make a change, Absolutely. right? And so I really um, appreciate somebody who's who's able to to do that, recognize it for you know, hey, this isn't helping me anymore, like you said. So let me make a change, and then they're able to see you know the the, the positives and everything that come out of it. And I, That's I, very common in musicians, also. I mean, you're out in bars late at night, and you're playing at a bar, and so your life's around you alcohol, and you're keeping long hours, you're playing long shows, and it's hard not to slip into that just to. Yeah. To keep it, keep the, the party going, so to speak, for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even just with nerves, even still, I'll look at the bar before I go on and be like, "Man, I could use a shot, just one shot of whiskey, and I'll get up there and I'll feel so much better." But no, I won't. Like it'll right. lead to two, three, four, whatever, and then like I will forget lyrics. And yeah, basically, I just with more um, privilege comes responsibility. I guess you know, with all these great. Uh, blessings I'm seeing I just I really want to reach my highest potential and as I said alcohol is the main thing standing in the way and yeah my advice is do what you do but if you see something be brave like you see something in your way be brave because you never know I told myself the same things a lot of people like no I can't I've been drinking for too long and gigging on it my brain is trained that way I can't get up there and do it you may have one or two gigs sober when you start off that you're like okay that was a little scratchy but you know I don't know about this you keep going it's amazing all of a sudden you fall into this vibe where you do love playing music again right you know you don't you love playing music again because that's it. You're jumping off the plane, as I keep saying, with the mm -hmm. parachute. But, yeah, there is no alcohol anymore. Music so. is your drug of choice. It you becomes don't need it again, else. yeah. You, know, it may, you don't forget. You don't lose sight. You see everything that you're doing and that's happening, and you can learn. You can... Mm -hmm. You don't get off stage and know everything you did wrong, but everyone tell you it was good. So then you keep drinking all the those thoughts away till you wake up and you don't really work on what you should be working on. And so you just instead you have some uh, sympathy and empathy for yourself and you remember those things that you need to work on and kind of humble yourself and work on them. And drive home safely. And drive home safely. It's awesome. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you talking about that. I know it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but the fact that again, it is, it is, uh, it hits close to home for me. And the fact that it has helped you out, I, I really, I just wanted to say thanks for opening oh, up yeah. and talking about yeah, that. Yeah, I think that a lot, you know, all musicians can sort of, you know, understand that and have been yeah. around it, if not gone through it. And so. we can all still do it. That's the thing, like everybody can get along. Uh, Southbound Drive had a Lone Star beer sponsorship, and I'm hitting up, you know, Lone Star again to see if I can renew that or whatever. Uh, just because it's like, yeah, I am sober, but a lot of my fans aren't, and they're still, yeah, everybody's great. So, like, give it all to the fans, you know? And it's like, and then having a sober sponsor could be great to show, hey, look, bands, mm -hmm. sponsorships help you. They help the brand, they help your brand. And also, you don't, you could still be sober and help and talk and, you know. Yeah. 
And if you want to drink, good words drink, through that's the things fine. that are. Yeah, exactly. We won't judge you. Yeah, we yeah, no judgment whatsoever. Exactly. That's the thing, you know. It's like bands don't all the doors are still open no matter what you choose to do. If you choose to better yourself, it'll do nothing but help those doors open or whatever. Wonderfully said. Um so the last song that we heard was Bones Are Buried. Um and I've just from what I've I've listened of your work online and listening to what you've played for us here in studio, the newer songs that you have, I know they're going to be played a little bit differently on the EP, like you you had mentioned. But I'm hearing a little bit more. Um, I almost want to say maturity out of these mm-hmm. new songs, and it's going down a little bit more of a an adult path, is what it feels like to me. But with the song "Bones Are Buried," what what is that song about? What was it written about? And can you? touch on that a little yeah bones are buried a lot of i guess a lot of my songwriting now is as the sponge that i was kind of soaking things in and Mm -hmm. then also you know from film and other musicians and music and then from producers and learning from the studio how it works and everyone's parts the songs are just kind of purging out of me filtered through that and then i'll kind of look at them and and they'll be written in these really obscure ways. So my old way would be sitting down with five movies from Blockbuster and just, you know, three bottles of wine in the first movie, 20 minutes in, I'd write a song. Anyway, but these come from really obscure ways. Like Bones Are Buried was written on drums. I had a drum kit randomly in the studio one day and I just sat down with a guitar after rehearsing. A lot of it, a lot of these come as a cathartic release from work. I'll be working, I'll right. be rehearsing, working on stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sit down, so bones are buried. I sat down on the drum kit and just started playing this little beat and then just strumming. And in 10 minutes, the song just kind of came out. And um and as yeah, you'll hear on the record, it's not going to be much different at all. But you know, I'm working with a the producer. Then as we talk about this, and you listen mm-hmm. to the song here, and then on the EP, you'll hear that difference of how a song evolves from. Uh, you didn't hear me write it on the drums, but you can maybe imagine me in this little room writing a song with a guitar and a drum kit, and then moving on to the steps it moved on to. But and what's it ab- about? Because I mean, it's it's. Like most of my songs, I don't know yet. Okay, okay. I don't know yet. Yeah, a lot of my songs, I don't have a lot of intention. Uh, The intention is, if if there is intention, it's to have a line that if it's been said before, Mm -hmm. say it differently. Okay. But don't change it because that line is kind of meant to be there. Um, Not to get too out there, but, uh, you know, writing just kind of with the spirits, whoever it is. Maybe it's Hank Williams' cousin's friend. I don't know. (laughs) Whoever's cool enough to hang out and write with me, it's fun. You know, even sometimes I'll look up and I'll be like, thanks. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. I'll record stuff on my phone while I'll record it. And then, like, my old Chicago we will get to later. Those lyrics, I had to go back to my phone and just write them verbatim off one take. Just And so that was fun. But, um. Well, that's that's interesting. But what it's about, I don't know yet, really. Yeah, to be honest, um, it's one of those that just came out. Like, the melody came out first with the drums, and then right away, just words came out. And I was like, okay, that's cool. So I hit play on my cell phone recorder as I do, and then I the words came out, and then I'd kind of keep playing it 
over and over and over until all the words flowed. And then I just kind of looked at it and it's like, well, there's a song. I got all the so parts I need. It's first open way. to interpretation. Absolutely. Take what you will from it. And I think it's all, it's one of those cases of you didn't write the song. The song wrote you. Yeah, mm. for sure. And a lot of my songs are like that. A good thing though, about the maturity you're talking about is I'm learning of working with people that it's, and I learned early on to change lyrics and it, I'm okay with that. I'm humbled to the fact of changing right. the story up but i've got a song coming out called the upside that i love playing and i work with working with chet himes on this he was like hey man you know it's gonna be really catchy people may like it or hate it but either way they won't forget it so can you change the lyrics to make the story make a little more sense and that was fine but i loved it i loved looking at what i had written in 10 minutes and hadn't changed and mm. then like yeah i can make this make more sense right and it made so much cooler sense like mm -hmm. than the trippy kind of cosmic psychedelic way i would explain things so it's a little bit of learning from the old ways keeping them sorry and then learning from the new ways learning from both and i've done that with artists as well you know if they've got lyrics written and i'm i'm recording them in the studio if I hear something that will just work a little bit better lyrically, but not change the story so much, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have no problem letting the artist know. And so far, they've been nothing but receptive to things like that because having a, a I guess, a third ear on it, you know, is something that they haven't really um, had when they're in their bedroom or at home or living room or wherever writing the, the song. Yeah, yeah, having that extra set of ears, you know, having that producer's touch, you know, you come up with something. I mean, I've had bands in here where I'm like, Hey, go, go grab those drumsticks and beat on this music stand. And it sounds incredible, but you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, that's what producers do is they come up with something. They're like, Hey, you know, we want to have more strings and weird spacey stuff over here. And most of them know how to play instruments. So they have oh, an yeah. idea for, you know, notes and orchestration and whatnot. But yeah, oh, absolutely. It's Everything's great working a beat. with a producer. Every in instrument is a rhythmic tool and the, producers and engineer just kind of having all those beats work together to you know fill that story yeah would you like to get into the producing side of things and like producing other bands uh, yeah i'm getting into everything owning uh, and running my own studio uh you know i will get into all that stuff down south we have our spot at my house a little humble place uh so yeah i i what are you calling it it's called Chicken Run Studios. Chicken Run, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Chicken Run Studios down south. It's on a beautiful chickens. acre, and yeah, had a couple chickens. Um, Real chickens. great movie too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Real chickens that. and metal chickens. Real chickens and a metal chicken named Henry. Yeah, <laughs> fun. I have an idea for these T-shirts to be old, you know, like Willie Nelson trucker hat style. Like yes, chickens running and stuff. I but, want one. All right, but yeah, man. So <laughs> I again forgot the question. We were just talking about Chicken Run. Yeah. And, yeah. Your, and your studio and, you know, getting into being doing producing side. Oh, of yeah, absolutely. Such. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, I love film and uh, I love music. But, you know, I say I lived my dream that very first show I ever played where I played an original song on stage at a club in front of an audience. At that point, I lived my dream. I was like, I could die now. Everything. I'm just going to I'm going to die in music. I'm going to live in music. Do you have this any music videos made? Yes. You do? Oh, yeah. Music videos, yeah. That uh, Marigold, Southbound Drive. 
Um, on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube and something really cool if you want to venture down a rabbit hole of just that song. The, all the videos from the music video campaign that we did with the Smalls in the UK are mm-hmm. online on YouTube or at the smalls.com. You can look at all of the contestants because the the video that won in from South Africa is an amazing, great video. There's this other video from London where it's this beautiful story of, uh, you know, they really went into the deep, dark side of marigold, of loss and love and letting go and things not working out and just want. And it's beautiful. I definitely recommend going online and looking at that. I love that. Now, is, is that all shot with, like, are those all put together with the B-roll that you guys said you all shot? or is There were some if they in? wanted to use it, okay. but, like, the one I explained, there's no B-roll. It's okay. just nice. this story. They created this beautiful story Wait. on the seas of, I guess, or the banks of somewhere in, in uh, England, in the UK, and, yeah, this old man. And I won't tell you the story. you got to watch it. Okay. But, yeah, go online Perfect. research Tease all that. Them. But I do have music videos, and, like I said, I've got uh, some – I think really funny, good ideas for music videos for um, when I release the EPs. And I want to do everything fun and right. Everything's online. Everything's media. So yeah. I want to release a so music so video for every EP, a single, have a big party, do the whole if thing. If somebody wants to buy your actual actual CD, where where can they get that? Um, right now, everything that is released, you can get online anywhere. Um, you can, CD Baby. CD Baby, iTunes. Um I don't know where else there is. You can get it anywhere. Most people just do downloads, but I always like having the actual CD in hand. Oh, if you want the actual CD, that is really tough. Yeah, you can go to Waterloo Records uh, downtown and see if if you're lucky enough. Agnes, that record may still be there, but that's the thing about bands and all that. Agnes may not be around. Like we, the the masters were lost, and we only have like the cut copy that we have. I know. So uh, I need to see about hard copies of that, but I have tons of sleeper. Uh, or, I mean, I could get them or whatever, but uh, but yeah, if you want to get my music, um, go to Waterloo if you want to find some old stuff or just come to a show and I'll give you my old EPs minus Agnes and everything else you can get digitally online for sure. So you can get them at your show. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. If, well, you, if you're interested, yeah. yeah. If you're interested in getting, getting some of those, yeah, come to my show. It'll be cool. When's your next show? Next show um, it will be coming up then in December. Um, like I'm playing the 7th at Cactus Cafe with Jane Ellen Bryant and Ty Austin. It's going to be an amazing show, great acts. And then the 11th, I get to play Strange Brew. We're doing a fantastic Sunday show with an amazing singer-songwriter named Daniel Thomas Phipps. His voice will blow your mind. Now, Strange Brew is the coffee shop that has the, I think it was voted one of the best venues sound, in town. Yeah, yeah sound-wise. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. All QSC. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, it's a good place to uh, see shows. Yeah, those. And then uh, in December, again, I'll be playing the 15th at Empire Control Room with some amazing rock bands. Fair City Fire, Yuma, the cover letter. Um, and then after that, I'll be heading out of town, playing Nashville, playing Chicago. And uh, booking, I mean, you can find me in Austin all the time. Man, get around. Us. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And I'll be getting around more, especially when all the EPs come out. I just want to tour constantly and get over to Europe. Daniel tours Europe a lot, so I'd like to go over with him a little bit. and Go over to Australia with Penny Love for PR. Oh, yeah. So, man, yeah, I'm going everywhere for sure. That's awesome. exciting stuff. Well, you want to hear uh, another song? Let's do it. Let's let's play another one. All right, Vance, what, uh, which song do we have coming up? This next song is called Holding On.
everyone to blame is gone. And I don't want to lay here alone. My body aches from the pain of moving on And I'm always moving on And fire on fire like waking from a dream My spirit aches from the pain of playing strong, and I'm always holding on. My body aches from the pain of moving on. My spirit aches from the pain of playing strong. And I'm always holding on. I want you to talk about this song because I really like this last tune. And I think it's the got... Mile Chicago. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because holding on that was that was 10 minutes. That's another one I have no idea. I was doing a, a beatbox beat to uh trying to cover um Head in the Heart. Lexi and I do a head in the heart cover. Mm. Played it last night, but um I was trying to do a beat to it and it didn't work, and I was frustrated, and all of a sudden I just played and holding on came out like Note for note, word for word, just I didn't change a thing. Even down to how I ended on the do 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 do, and kind of like that note hold. Anyway, so that was a fun song where yeah, I have no idea what any of it means, and all of it, even that rhythmic part, just just came out. Oddly, same with Miles Chicago. Mild Chicago. I rehearsed for like five hours one day because I thought I was going into the studio and just sat back in a chair and mm-hmm. just started and just started finger picking that tune and the entire song came out. So it's more about 
I hit record on my cell phone and it just words and leaving it open to interpretation. Sometimes. Oh, well, yes. And then when I get in the studio, I'll come back and fix the story, I guess. Okay. Or pre-studio. But a lot of times, some of these songs like my old Chicago and holding on, they just come out. Yeah. So open interpretation for sure. So you're from Chicago. I was born in Chicago. You were born in Chicago. How much time did you actually spend there? Eight years. Um, I spent eight years in Chicago. I moved here in 92, 93, and I've been in Austin now about 24, coming on 25 years. Okay, so like from infancy to eight, you were in Chicago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Enough to, you know, have those magical, magical suburban Illinois moments of, you know, when I moved, I had, uh, you know, I gave my girlfriend the turtle dove from Home Alone 2, and I kept my <laughs> turtle dove and the whole thing and rolling around in the snow and shorts and no T-shirt during a blizzard. And, you know, Chicago was cool growing up. I love right. having that in my roots and in my blood. And then as I grow up a Texan, seeing through my music and also working with producers and other people and then point out stuff they don't understand being like what is that and then being like well it's actually kind of because you were from chicago it's, mm-hmm. it's cool being from those two different very very different places chicago and then being raised in austin how many different places have you lived because you said you were also in new york for a, a spell yeah yeah that was just a week that was just a trip to ah. uh hang out get away spend some time with my girlfriend and inadvertently write a record okay. uh, to agnes but um but yeah no i i was born in chicago raised in austin and then i went to dallas for grad school for like two and a half years so i lived there just for that time and then everywhere else has just been traveling and hustling and doing the thing like i went out to la just to see a, a girlfriend of mine at the time where i booked a gig at whiskey I didn't play it because I didn't have 200 people I could sell tickets to at that time in two right. days to open solo acoustic for a metal award show. <laughs> I was like, thank you for the offer, but yeah. I may have to wait to put the Whiskey A Go Go on my list of shows. I have seven songs. Anyway, uh, so yeah, man. Okay. Well, something I noticed uh, when I came across you on Facebook. So we got you in here because you ended up liking our our page on facebook mm-hmm. through chill russell and some of the, the guys in that band i believe and um but when i went to your personal page i noticed that you and i have about seven friends in common but they're from like three or four different areas of my life with those people don't even know each other at all hmm. so i'm just kind of curious as to, to how i'm assuming it's just because of the fact that you've gotten around because you know people that i i uh know from high school um guy that works at Whole Foods or works with them or did. Another guy that uh, works at a hotel that I, I worked at before and just several other people from all over the place. So are you just constantly all over the place just saying hi and introducing yourself to people and, and making friends? In uh, A lot less now, but yes, okay. that's what I did. That's how I started out. Uh, I, if you want to go all the way back when I moved from Chicago to Austin, like I did not fit in. I didn't get it. No, every, you know, everyone was say this, say that. I had an accent. So all of a sudden, I kind of realized comedy worked. <laughs> okay. You know, instead well, yeah. of crying and having the TA be like, why are you crying, kid? Like, uh, I'm at some sort of rock bottom. I'm really young, but I need to figure something out. So I just kind of started becoming the comic. And then um, growing up, I would just kind of go to every group and just be so interested in every different group, every clique, every environment, culture, stuff, and then just kind of get involved, meet people, and, you know, and then that evolved into later in life musically, you know, getting with a bunch of people and um, 
yeah, just getting involved in so many different environments and cultures and learning from them. Uh, I just found that extremely interesting. You know, like I said, when I was online, because these, these people that I know have no idea who each that other is, is but yeah, they all man. know you. It was a hustle. I got out. Like when I, yeah, when I dropped out of grad school, I hit it hard. Thanks for bringing me on track. I forgot the question. Yeah, yeah no, I, uh, yeah, no. Cause like I just, I, I, yeah, I worked at Urban Outfitters in Dallas and I just went up, met people, just everybody. I didn't give a who it was. Eric Badu would come in all the time. Like, hey, Eric Badu's coming in. Just rock right up. Hi, how's it going? I'm Scott. No, not I'm a singer songwriter. I'm famous. <laughs> just hi, it's me. Right. I would hang out with everybody all over the place from uh, bikers, gangbangers, tattooers to go out to all the gay and lesbian clubs and hang out with everybody and just, and, and get to know everybody all over Dallas. And then I chose to live in my car, as I said, you know, to have the freedom to get out. So when I came to Austin, went everywhere. Um, back then I was drinking, you know, and partying. So I would go everywhere, party everywhere, meet everybody make sure I was at everything. Um, I worked at Momo's only because I was gigging there so much that Jack, who was working there at the time, was like, kid, do you need a job? I was like, yes. <laughs> I would gig happy hours, then go play downtown 6th Street, then come back. Anyway, yeah, so I really got out there, and, and I still do. It's just, you know, growing up more as an adult, I'm a lot more reserved, but I will still – I was be gonna brave ask, and go being sober helps off the booze. Yeah. Out and yeah. Just, well, I was going to say, you know, like, uh, alcohol and, and partying aside that just to me, I, I'm more of an introverted kind of, kind of person. So to me, that sounds exhausting. You know what I mean? But I mean, I guess as a musician and you, if you want to put yourself out there, you can't allow that to be as you can't let it be exhausting essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a balance. If I, someone asked me in an interview, the, you know, if you could go back and add, you know, learn something from your past, tell yourself something, I guess balance, like it can be done. It doesn't have to be full throttle, you know? Yeah. You can find a little balance of having to totally get out there, but you don't have to drink the entire bottle <laughs> to get to know, you know, the gig. That's very true. Balance is important. Yeah. And when you're balanced, Usually things go much better. Yeah, just realize, as I said, the metaphor, we're all at the same party. We are all we can all go to the other rooms. Just be humble with where you're at at the party and just kind of, you know, get to know people. But I liked what you said you were talking about taking in, you know, traveling around, taking everything in from all different cultures and doing everything. And then you're just sucking it all in, taking it all in, and then you just sort of make it your own. You know, that's what music's all about and, and taking all that culture and those life's experiences and putting it into your music and putting it out there. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I got a question mark tattooed on my arms. It's the ultimate thing. I get it is just ask questions. It's kind of what these songs are in a weird way. Maybe just questions. (laughs) Well, we've got one more here. Shall we? uh... Yeah. Yeah, We can get into it, Scott. You've got, uh, you got to get home for, for dinner. Um, You've got a no, I don't <laughs> rock and roll. I'm gonna sleep in my guitar case. And <laughs> no, we don't. We don't want to hold you back though, for sure. Yeah. But um, so where can people find you? So you can find me, as I said, online. Uh, just you know, Google Scott Collins Music. There's scottcollinsproject.com. I've got uh, Facebook pages. You can um, find me at live shows. As I said, that's a great way, and it's also cool to come out in Austin and start seeing you know 
music in all these different places. Uh, and you can find all those shows online. Type in Scott Collins shows and it should either pop up first on Reverb Nation or the second, you know, Google's magical. Yeah. <laughs> all search engines, you know, it'll pop up. And luckily through my last bands and my me DIYing and learning, we got everything out everywhere. So people joke, it's like, it's everywhere? <laughs> it's like, well, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know I was on Spotify, but I'm on Spotify. Like, right. I didn't know. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, just type it in. Beautiful. And Vance, where can people find us? We are in session, jrss.com. There's a link now, so it, it carries over. Um, Jack Rabbit Sound Shack. Find us on Facebook. Uh, I want to you know personally thank you, Scott Collins. I had a great time hearing your show last night at Teller's and hanging out and had a great time today. It sounded great. And hope everybody enjoys the podcast. Yeah, I'd like to thank you as well for coming in. This was a great time. I think we had a, a great uh, back and forth here with the dialogue. And I think you, you brought some awesome music into us and to our listeners and to your listeners as well. So both of us really want to say thanks. Um, we're going to go ahead and end off the show. Would you like to say anything else before we uh, introduce this last song? Oh, no, I just, I can't thank you all enough either. I mean, this studio is amazing. Uh, the build, the sound, the vibe. I mean, every single detail thank you. here is so accommodating, and it's uh, very relaxing and comfortable. Go, go it's, see it's, Scott Collins. It's go beautiful. see Scott Collins. Um, yeah. Uh, my old Chicago, the only thing I'd want to say about that is just it's kind of funny. I Having, you know, grow, being born in Chicago, growing up in Austin, I didn't write this song until like four months ago. <laughs> it took me 24 years and got how, no, how many months to finally write a song about Chicago. But it was fun that it was one of those 10-minute ones that, you know, after right. rehearsing, it just purged out. Yeah. So whatever it is, it's just honest, and it speaks of, you know, I, I like it I, I in terms of wanting to go back and actually kind of study it because, like you said, it's that the past and the present finally kind of mixing into the storytelling that I think I'm able to do, my potential to do, I guess. I was awesome. impressed. I was like, that's your song? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely it's, sounds like like an older one and this yeah. is one of the ones that i was telling you that i think my dad's gonna love because it is so much of a, a an older feeling storytelling type song wow. which is which is awesome but uh, again scott we'd like to thank, thank you for, you so for coming in absolutely um guys find us online if uh you haven't if you got to us by accident somehow for this podcast you can find us on facebook in session uh, at jackrabbit soundcheck we're on youtube we're on instagram and we are on twitter as well so find us, follow us, tell a friend. We want to say thanks for listening in. We're going to go ahead and roll this out with a newer song by Scott Collins called My Old Chicago. Thanks again, guys. We will see you next time. Wasn't raised by no river Was born in the suburbs of Illinois Was taken from my home Too young to know When I was still just a boy So I hold my breath The 
day I can rest And I live to know that I'll be gone Off to somewhere just like all those places in my mind And I will call it, call it home My own home, Chicago Never lied where I came from Texas had its place for me To find a home Deep in my soul I must know the world as a whole So I hold my breath The day I can rest And I live to know that I'll be gone Off to somewhere just like All those places in my mind and I will call it, call it home, my own home, my own home, my own home, Chicago. So I hold my breath the day I can rest And I live to know that I'll be gone Off to somewhere just like all those places in my mind And I will call it, call it home my